You're listening to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I have a question for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the college recruiting process? You have come to the right place. Jill will bring you expert tips and interviews with special guests to help you take a deep breath and know, yes, you are moving in the right direction to find your college team. After this podcast, don't forget to head to Jill's shop page to purchase her two guidebooks that will make everything in college recruiting much more clear and simple. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. And today I have one of my amazing advisors, Luann Peshek. And we are going to talk actually about uh, quite a bit today, um, but they kind of go hand in hand. So I thought I would touch on both of these topics. Um, one is, are you gaining traction in the recruiting process? And the second one is, um, if you are injured or have gone through an injury, um, how is that going in terms of your traction? We're going to talk about that, but also how sometimes I've had two parents this week that mentioned that their daughters were experiencing some depression having gone through um, the injury, which I think is so normal. So I just want to touch on that today. Um, but we're going to start with the topic of are you gaining traction in the recruiting process? So as we begin this topic, we have to con- um take a look at what is your situation because every um, situation is different. So you may have gone through injuries. You may have really struggled through the pandemic. You may have completely different schools of interest that can change your traction um, because of how the college coaches respond depending on their university. Um, You may just be totally unsure and have a lack of knowledge on how to move things forward. And then number five, your year of graduation can really impact um, how your traction is going. So we are gonna break it down between um, talking through this by what year you graduate, because I think that's a really good starting point. And then Luann and I will probably, Luann's gonna even share some examples and then, I think a lot's going to come up as we go back and forth. So welcome, Luann, and thank you so much for joining me on this challenging topic. Um, I would imagine you would agree uh, that as we work with clients, this can be really difficult for families who have never been through the recruiting process before and feeling it's kind of stuck. Would you say you hear that a lot? Yes, I do. So... um, Again, we're going to generalize um, this um, year-by-year situation, scenarios that we, um, what we try to do here at JH Consulting as we look at each client. We look at not only their year of graduation, but their skill level and which schools they're targeting. And hopefully we can help them with tips and ideas. So what Leanne's, Luann's going to share right now is where you should potentially in general be at based on your year of graduation. So Luann, let's start with 2023s. Okay. I've got a few things written down. Um, 
for 2023s, hopefully they have gone to some camps or clinics and made some connections or are planning to go to the uh, fall clinics this year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they've had a coach come to their gym and watch a practice. That would be really good traction. Um, they've been constantly and consistently posting videos and showing their progress. Um, they're perhaps having good conversations and communication with coaches. Um, maybe they've been invited on an official or an unofficial visit. That would be really great traction. Um, maybe they've been invited to do a Zoom call with the staff. Um, you know, another really good tip for good traction is if a school has asked for their transcripts. You know, many high academic schools are, are very interested in receiving transcripts to make sure that you're going to be a good candidate for their school. Um, they're sending an update once every other week. And if they're at the level of that school and letting coaches know about where they are uh, with their gymnastics and their academics. Um, and 2023s are really narrowing down their choices because they're going to need to apply to these schools in the winter of senior year. So they really need to start focusing in on, okay, which schools are going to be the right fit for me. Um, of course, they're going to be using their connections. Um, maybe they have former teammates that go there, or they have a coach who has a connection there. Or, you know, possibly the advisor is helping them reach out and, and trying to gain some traction there. Um, and then last, they've asked all the intentional questions. So they know where they are on their list. They know they still have scholarships available or walk-on spots available, depending on what they're looking for. Um, so those are just some ideas of gaining traction. Right. And I like that, Luann, because actually the way you just shared it was really a progressive, natural way <clears throat> that a 2023 should be, um, you know, communicating with the college coaches. So if it's not happening, so let's say we have a 2023 who's not hearing back from a coach um, anymore, or maybe they haven't been asked for their transcripts and they're really looking at a strong academic school. Um, what would we typically recommend that they do next? Well, continue those updates Mm -hmm. or maybe continue the updates, but add an additional school to their list Mm -hmm. and maybe look at a different uh, level of school that they want to add to their list. Right. And I can tell you um, sometimes that can be a big game changer. It can feel like you're stepping down, no question, because you feel like, okay, well, that school isn't ranked as high. But I can tell you this, the rankings change. And um, you can't base everything on that, but that should be our starting point. Skill level ranking of school, for sure. But when it's, when the schools are ranked somewhat in the same range of schools, that will change every single year. So by bumping down to a school that looks like they're ranked lower, you might be surprised that their gymnastic skills are the same and that their ranking could go above a school you thought was a lower school. So I think we have to take off that pressure of thinking, 
looking at a lower ranked team means I'm not as good and I should feel ashamed or I should feel bad or any of those things because it's just not true. So we've both seen, haven't we, Luann, where when kids have changed that, it changes the trajectory and they feel wanted all of a sudden. And it could just be that that other school that was ranked higher just didn't need your best event. Your best event was a better fit for a lower ranked team. So that can really change the traction. That's what I was going to say too. You know, you have to find the school that needs the, um, the expertise that you are providing. So maybe they're looking for one strong event and that's not your strong event. Yep. So then you have to continue to look for schools that do have, do have a need where you are the strongest. That's why I like what you said. Also, you have to ask those intentional questions. Because it's, you know, there's nothing worse than being the recruit or the parent sitting on the other side and feeling like you're not hearing back. Your daughter's doing everything she's been asked to do or should be doing, but you don't know why. The why is you have no idea. So if you ask the hard questions, often the college coaches will answer. They will tell you, well, we only have two spots. We have 10 girls and you're ninth on the list because we need a vaulter. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for letting me know. That's the attitude you have to have. Okay, so I may still have a shot, but it's not going to be a very high percentage. I need to move on to schools that need this event or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And I think asking that intentional question is one of the really good things we do here at JH Consulting because we've been college coaches or we've been college athletes and we know that you just need to get an answer for uh, where you're stuck so that you can either fulfill that question mark or you move on to a different school that really does need what your strength is. Yep. Okay. Let's move on to 24s, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the 24s, um, what good traction is, many of them are the same you've gone to their camps or you've seen their campus. You've made a good connection with that college coach. Um, you've received interest June 15th or after from a college coach. That would be receiving uh, good traction. The school has asked for your transcripts again, same, same as the 2023s. Um, you're having two-way communication with schools. So you're having some back and forth and that's what we really like, right, Jill? We, we want we want those emails, and then after the emails, you want to try to set up the phone calls, and you want to have some uh, two-way communication. Um, you're sending your updates every other week if you're at the level of that school. Possibly you've been invited to a visit, either official or unofficial, mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll invite you to their camp. It's mm-hmm. also kind of a, a good sign of good traction. Um, you're showing your summer upgrades on social media. And you'll start to show your first half and second half of routines leading into the fall. Um, Maybe a coach has come to your gym to watch you train. Maybe you're planning a trip to watch one of their competitions and support their team this fall or this winter. Um, Those are just some examples of what good traction looks like for 2024. Right. And some high-level 24s are going to get verbal offers. That's just a percentage of girls, right? Everybody else, I keep hearing college coaches, they're going to wait and watch them compete. 
So that could be January, February. So mm -hmm. that still means you're gain gaining good traction, but asking a college coach, what is your timeline can really help. So they might say, well, we have three scholarships. We're going to offer out two in the fall, and then we're going to wait on one. That then helps the athlete go, okay, I don't need to worry if I don't, you know, necessarily um, hear a whole lot from them every single week or phone calls or blah, blah, blah. They're, they have me in a category of, you know, I didn't get that offer in the fall. So I must be in that next grouping. I still have a shot at a scholarship, but I have to prove myself with my upgrades. I have to go out and compete. I have to show it in my scores. So you're still gaining traction. That's still really good traction. So then you have to ask those intentional deeper questions to find out, are your best events lining up with their best events? That helps you find out, you know, some. And then the hardest questions are, well, where am I on that list of that third scholarship? You know, am I top three? Am I fourth? Am I fifth? And that helps you figure that part out. Those are the questions I think are really hard for the kids to ask because it's almost like direct potential rejection. It's like, you know, it's really just hard to know. I'm going to ask a really hard question and I could get a, not the answer I want to hear. But if you look at it more like it can drive my recruiting into a faster pace of direction or traction, like we're saying, then you can see it more as a positive. You have to remove the emotion and kind of just see it as facts because that's how they see it from their end. Right. The more information, the better to help guide you. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Even though it can be really hard. And by the way, I don't know about you, but I'm like, man, I could talk to a college coach one day and then two weeks later and get a whole lot of information in terms of where their head is and what they're thinking. And in the next month, it could completely change because their team changes. And we're going to see that. A lot of coaches are going to start to pull back right now because they have their team on campus. So they're going to pull back, want to get their kids all organized, their team all organized and get them to school and get them all going in practice. And then they're going to see what the reality is of these girls that have arrived. And so their whole recruiting dynamic could be changing for 23s and 24s. How many and times have we heard Jill from a college coach? I need a vulture. Because they realize, you know, wow, I thought we was going to have vultures that I need, but actually I'm going to need a vulture. Right. So then they're like, give, give me a vulture. Who do you have as, as I know. a good vulture? I know. Yeah. So, um, okay, good. So we've covered 23s and what their traction should be looking like. We just covered 24s. Uh, and I'm going to talk about 25s real quick. So 25s would be those athletes, obviously, that cannot talk to college coaches yet. And um, they are just in the gym working on their skills and hoping that by next summer, they're going to get phone calls from college coaches. So I call it uh, a one-way relationship. So you're, as a 2025, you're just going to be... Um, trying to get on college coaches what I call watch list. So what would that traction look like? Well, it's going to look like um, you are posting videos. You are 
potentially going to realistic camps. Now, I would say if you're not quite at the level of the schools you desire, because you are putting in, a, you maybe you're a new level 10 or you're a second level 10 and your first year level 10 uh, didn't go great. You are at what I would call not quite at the school's level, um, but you should actually be proactive. So like I said, two things, post videos, go to realistic camps, all right? Now, if you're at the level and you're a 2025 and your skills match the schools you desire, then we want to add a few things to what you should be doing to gain one-way traction. You would post your videos, you would go to realistic camps, you would be filling out recruiting questionnaire forms, and you would be sending emails. Now that's only for kids who, gymnasts in particular, or in whatever sport you're in, if you are at their level, then you should be doing those four items. If you're not at their level yet, you should only be posting videos and going to realistic camps. I would not recommend that you do outreach. You wouldn't be filling out questionnaire forms or sending emails. Now, what happens is if you're not comfortable in, in that because you don't understand it, then you get fear of being left out. So you start sending emails, you start filling out questionnaire forms and the coaches receive both of those and go, yeah, she's not at our level. So we're gonna put her in the no thank you pile or we're gonna put her over here. She's not gonna be on their actual strong list to watch. So I recommend that you wait and you wait till your daughter compete next year and see how it goes. And then you start sending out emails just before June 15th and you start filling out questionnaire forms just before June 15th. Because guess what? Those questionnaire forms are going to ask what are her scores uh, and um, how did she do? And if you can't put down scores that are equivalent to the teams you desire. So if a college team is top 20 and those girls have one and a half some vault, for example, and they're scoring nine sevens in college and nine eights and even nine nines. And Susie is a 2025 and she's really wants those schools, but she's scoring nine ones, not eight nines, nine twos. That's not at, you're not at their level. You see, so it's very factual to a college coach. So in order to gain really good traction, you would just wait a little longer, give your daughter that next year of competing, see how she does, see how her scores go and how she does. That will um, get her hopefully um, in the, yeah, let's keep an eye on her pile. So that's the difference there for 2025s. And even 2026s, there's some talented 2026s out there who have been level 10s for a while. And I would put them on that same traction path. Okay, Luann, do you have a couple examples of girls that you can share? I do. Okay, so we're going to talk about a couple examples of um, girls who went through injuries and were able to navigate that process very well. Um, so one was a 2023, and she tore an Achilles. Mm -hmm. And um, she was out for an entire season. And she had not uh, competed uh, level 10 yet, but she was a strong nine. 
Okay. And so she came back very strong. Um, and I think her and her coach did a magnificent job of really um, going slowly mm-hmm. through her comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, she posted about where she was. She got back to her level and, and increased her skills wow. and was able to compete very successfully mm-hmm. and um, ended up getting a full scholarship. Oh my gosh. So she missed a whole year. Was it her junior year she missed? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Kudos. So yeah, that was super impressive. I, I, I mean, kudos to her. Wow. Yeah. That's great. And then another um, one that comes to mind is an acro and tumbling gymnast that I had um, who was on track. Um, she had all of her tumbling that she needed and she was... Um, doing really well, had a knee injury, had to have knee surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, She also had to rehab an entire season, was out. She documented her physical therapy and her strong comeback. And, you know, she did such a great job staying positive and just doing whatever she could Mm -hmm. to um, continue to get 1% better every day, even when she was injured. And Recently, she just announced that she has committed to an acro and tumbling school for senior year. So I was so excited for her. Great, great example. Yeah, I think what what you're trying to say is, uh, especially injuries, um, when when they happen, it doesn't mean recruiting's over. It just means it's going to look different. And you want to continue communicating. You want to continue to show the coaches where you're at. And it really helps, especially in case number one, you recommend you shared where the club coaches are on the same page as well and really providing communication with college coaches too. Right. Right. And, um, and that it can even turn out where you're offered a scholarship. So one, it tells me, and hopefully it encourages parents and athletes that college coaches aren't afraid of injuries. Injuries happen. They're dealing with it every single day with their own college teams. And they know girls can come back from those. And then number two, that you don't want to pull back in recruiting. You want to continue to be out there. You want, it's not, it's not a bad thing to show that you had had, have had the injury and that you're working uh, at your PT doesn't mean it's negative. It actually can mean very positive things to a college coach because they can see your work ethic and they see, okay, if an injury comes along again, we know this girl is going to be amazing because she knows how to come back. So there's lots of good things. And the other thing is, you know, they're, they're going to see that you were out a whole season. Yeah. They're going to go to your my meet scores and see that you didn't have a meet the entire season. So your Instagram sort of just explains what's going on and where you are. Um, otherwise, if you just stop posting, the coach might think, oh, she quit gymnastics. She's going right. to do something else. Right. You know, and if maybe you were on their list to sort of keep an eye on, mm-hmm. um, you want to, you want to stay, stay on their list that they're going to keep a, a watch on you, even as you're going through this injury. Perfect. So this moves us right into our second topic today. Um, and feel free to share Luann throughout when I, when I'm, Go over this topic and that is the um the, the truth on it honest truth is i had several families in the last two weeks that have shared with me the unfortunate news that their daughters are going through uh major injuries and their daughters actually um 
in, you know, went through also depression. Um, and we don't talk about it that much. I've talked about in the past, not too long ago, just overall that athletes in college or athletes um, can go through mental health issues. And we don't want to eliminate that from JH Consulting and assume we only talk about recruiting and we only talk about the positives <laughs> because I think that only makes this worse. If kids are not hearing that, yeah, you could go through a down period when you get injured. So that's the second part. I call it beat the beast of depression. And um, so how I want to, I'm not a doctor. Again, I like to say, I, you know, I don't, have all this information in terms of the medical side of it together, I would never expound on that. But I can just tell you, we deal with a lot of athletes. And when they go through injuries or go through setbacks, um, some of them, um, like you just described, they get back on the train after, you know, the period of time of the discouragement of getting injured. And then they move right into PT. And, but I'm sure you and I could attest that 90% of the time, we get those emails and we get those appointments where we're really trying to keep them positive too. I mean, they need that support system, no question. But depression, um, from a little bit of research that I've done, um, after somebody is injured, um, they can go through these types of emotions. Um, but first thing I want to say is you're normal. So if you are going through an injury or have gone through an injury, or you're just a parent trying to help your daughter walk through an injury, it's totally normal for them um, to feel shock, sadness, fear, and then doubt. Okay, so those four emotions um, are consistent with no matter how positive your daughter is, or you're trying to be, or your club coach is trying to be, shock, sadness, fear and doubt can be the first sets of emotions that all of us feel when we go through um, something challenging, but especially an athlete. And here's a quote that I found that I thought was really good. And this came from a, um, a person who works with athletes mentally. And he said, athletes learn that their core value comes from their performance. So ever since they're young, if they haven't gone through a major injury or something that is a stopping point, all they've been used to is performing, 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 and then they're, the, the athlete is getting gratitude from or getting affirmation from that through the parents, through the coaches, through their teammates, and then all of a sudden you get this injury and all of that stops. So their core value all of a sudden is put in shock mode. And so when they're placed in a position where their ability to perform changes, it can affect their very existence. So we want to remember that, okay? That's the initial period of, oh my goodness, what is going to happen? My future is now in question and I can't do things anymore to get that, those affirmations. So it would be very common for them to dip into either a depression where they need to go see a doctor and get some help through that, or even just a normal depression that they would call environmental depression, where as the environment changes, they come through that depression on their own. So in my research, those were the two types of things you could see happen in an athlete. Um, and we're all just kind of wired different. So some people 
our kids included, uh, there could be some family depression genetically that uh, they go into a deeper type of that depression where they really need to see a doctor, which I'd highly recommend, or they're able to kind of stay at a low sadness, but they come walk, walk it out. And it's not a genetic type of thing where they need medication. So um, you want to watch for signs as a parent of procrastination in your athlete, uh, being more alone and an up and down behavior. Those were the things that um, I learned as I did a little bit of research. So like I said, you may need a trip to the doctor or just some time. So everybody's different. Whatever your situation is, it could be different. I've talked to families where their daughters really needed to go see a doctor and meet with a doctor on a consistent basis throughout their injury mentally. Other athletes, they didn't need some help like that. They weren't as depressed, but they needed it to come back because they were so afraid to do gymnastics again. So that could be a path that you might want to go on. Um, with your athletes. There's some really good gymnastics people out there or just who work with all kinds of athletes who can help walk you out. So um, I did also learn that girls are more likely to talk about it than, than boys would be. So when they go through injuries, you might find if you have an athlete that is male or a son, um, you might find it really hard and to even create a conversation that girls tend to be more verbal about how they're feeling. So um, that can be quite normal. But if you sense that there's just that hopelessness inside of them and they just feel like they um, aren't gonna be able to come back and that's all they're talking about, then you might really wanna reach out and get some help for that. Um, so what some of the research I learned, really interesting stuff is one, you wanna educate yourself. Two, try to have a conversation with the athlete. And three, be sure to begin all of those conversations with empathy. So don't have all the right answers because the unknown, we don't always, um, but just be empathetic and listen to how they're feeling. And the other thing I learned was try to, if you're an athlete right now and you're listening to our podcast on this topic, um, what they recommended was to start your morning with gratitude. So come up with one to two things. So it doesn't need to be a lot. And just before your feet hit the ground, think of one to two things. So if you have this major swollen knee, you've just gotten out of surgery, um, you're feeling sick, um, you're on medication and, or you're getting a little past that and you're just in a lot of pain still, you're icing your injury and you're feeling like there's no way, <laughs> how am I ever gonna get back to where I was before your feet hit the ground? two things that you can be thankful for. So it could be just a parent who's helping you through it. It could be your club coach that just called you and said, hey, I'm with you. You're going to get through this. It could be have nothing to do with any of those things. It could just be the fact that you, um, you, you know, you have friends that have come over and brought you flowers and a balloon or or just that you have good food on the table. It could be anything. It could be have nothing to do with athletics, but try to every single day is what this person said um, to remind yourself of two positive things before your feet hit the ground. And this guy's name was John Panagus, who I listened to, and he has a whole speaking gig he does around the country on Restore. It's called R-E-S-T-O-R-E, -E, so Restore, and it's a methodology. 
And he takes each of those letters in the word of restore and talks about um, how you can kick uh, the beast of depression. So first one is R for realization. So internal acceptance about what's going on. E, education, go online. He said, there's so much out there now. So if you're going through an injury or you're going through a depression or just a down period, educate yourself because there's really good stuff out there to help you through it. S for restore would be sharing. So be sure you find someone to talk to. It can be a friend, it could be a parent, it could be your club coach. It could be your advisor at JH Consulting, but be sure you're talking about your feelings. O would be opting in, find a doctor. Like I said, meet with somebody consistently. R is a routine. Ooh, this one I think is where at JH Consulting, we are really helpful. We wanna get you back into a routine. So we have 11 items that we like to encourage our athletes with when they get injured of things you can be doing. Gymnasts in particular, but most athletes do really well when they have a routine and a plan. So getting them back into PT can be so helpful. And then those physical therapists are trained to help you and talk you through a plan. And then getting back in the gym when time is right and your club coach is helping you with a plan of what you can do right when you walk in the gym. So you don't feel like, well, I can't go over there and do this. Well, I can't go warm up because I can't run anymore or I can't, but coming up with things you can do with a plan. And then E in the word restore um, is evaluate. So there is no cure with depression, he said, but if you have a plan and when you hear that negative self-talk, you can actually evaluate it now because you've run through all these items that he just described. And it can really help you change that negative self-talk into positive self-talk. So one thing he said that you don't have to have the full picture figured out after an injury. You don't have to know exactly how fast you're going to get back. You don't have to know which skills you're going to get or not get. But he said the best thing to do is to just take the first step every single day. So if that first step is getting your ice on your knee or getting to PT, then take those first steps and take it to then again, just one day at a time. So the big thing he said he sees happen with the millennials, which is the generation we're working with Luann, is that they struggle because everything is instantaneous for them. Their phones, um, they're, they're looking at friends on Instagram and seeing all the perfect things in the world. And then you go through an injury and it feels so imperfect. And it feels like you are just stuck and you're not gaining traction in recruiting. And you're, how are you ever gonna get there again? And so turning that off and just only being on social media when you are posting the things you can post, your physical therapy, your return, your positivity, your quotes, whatever you can think of, and then staying off social media, he said is really powerful. And then gathering a team of people around you that can really help you um, take it one day at a time. All right. Any thoughts on that? Great info. Love it. Yep. So we are not just here to be gurus of the recruiting process. We're here for the whole thing, families. And um, when you hit those speed bumps, we want to be here to say it's okay. 
and we've gone through it with many, many of our girls. And we're going to get you through this one too. We are not magic makers. We can't make things magically happen, but we certainly can help you through one step at a time. So keep your feet in the process. And whatever you can be doing, whether you're a 2023 or a 2026, um, there are always positive things you can be doing to keep that traction and keep moving forward in the process. So thanks for being here with me today, Luann. And yes, thanks for having me. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with another important topic at College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in Jill Hicks Consulting's advising services, head over to www.jhicksconsulting.com and click on the Get Started button to fill out your forms page. One of our advisors will give you a call. We're in your corner and we'll talk to you soon.